presented by Facebook. Hey, good morning, playbookers and Raguma the Fallen. It's Wednesday, and one thing's clear about tomorrow's anniversary of January 6th, Republicans don't want to talk about it. This is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. On a private call yesterday, House GOP leaders encouraged their members to stick to attacking President Joe Biden, or at most, talk about ongoing security concerns at the Capitol. Republican senators, meanwhile, dodged questions about the Thursday anniversary. Most of them are relieved that they'll have an excuse to be out of town. They'll be attending the funeral of former Senator Johnny Isaacson in Atlanta. With the exception of Representative Liz Cheney and a few others, it's becoming increasingly clear that the Day of Remembrance will be a nearly all-democratic affair. It's not surprising given how hard the GOP has worked to pivot from all things January 6 over the past year. But the more they avoid the subject, the more the GOP base shrugs at what happened that day, and the stronger Donald Trump becomes. For Republicans who want him gone, silence has only served as an enabler. The GOP did get some good news last night. Trump's decision to cancel his Mar-a-Lago press conference, where he was expected to defend the rioters and spew election falsehoods. Congressional Republicans were privately dreading it, knowing reporters would once again demand their responses to whatever the former president said. Here's the backstory. A Trump confidant told Playbook that a small group of his close allies confronted the former president and got him to change his mind. They made the case that the news conference would, quote, be playing into the media's hands. One person told us, quote, no matter what he said, it would be reported as more egregious than it was. The Trump retreat came about an hour after the January 6th committee released text messages showing that Fox News host Sean Hannity privately objected to Trump's plans to try to overturn the election. One text said, quote, We can't lose the entire White House counsel's office, he wrote to Representative Jim Jordan and then Chief of Staff Mark Meadows on December 31st, 2020. That's likely referring to Pat Cipollone's opposition to pressuring Mike Pence to throw the Electoral College count. Quote, I do not see January 6th happening the way he is being told. He should announce we'll lead the nationwide effort to reform voting integrity. After January 6th, Hannity expressed frustration that Trump still didn't seem to understand that he lost. Quote, we have a clear path to land the plane in nine days. He can't mention the election again, ever. I did not have a good call with him today. And worse, I'm not sure what is left to do or say, and I do not like knowing if it is truly understood. Ideas. The panel is asking Hannity to voluntarily speak with them, stopping short of a subpoena that would likely raise First Amendment objections. Hannity's lawyer still raised the First Amendment in a statement Tuesday night, though he declined to detail Hannity's next move. For what it's worth, Hannity did not address the committee request on his show last night. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 10.10 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will receive the president's daily brief. The White House COVID-19 response team and public health officials will brief at 11 a.m. Press Secretary Jensaki will brief at 12.15. The Senate will meet at 11 a.m. to take up nominations, with a closure vote at noon. U.S. Capitol Police Chief Thomas Manger will testify before the Rules Committee for a January 6 oversight hearing at 10 a.m. The House is out today. One last thing before we get out of here. If you're looking for a new job in the new year, this one comes by way of Daybook Jobs. The Virginia Department of Transportation is looking for a communications manager to handle emergency response and crisis communications duties as needed. They might be a couple days late with that one. All right, for more news on what's breaking in DC right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghu Manavalin. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. 
That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com slash safety.